Shalom, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the congregation of the 12 tribes of Israel. For more information, visit risersofthecom or 12t.co. You can also call our toll-free number, which is 888-447-1695. Or email us at the following address, scribe at risersofthecom. Welcome, 12t.co. Thank you. Shalom, brothers and sisters. This class was originally recorded on cassette tape. Therefore, the quality is not what you normally expect. This class was recorded 20 years ago when we first started Risers.com. At that time, there was no such thing as podcasts, and we were not expecting to share this with the whole world. But nonetheless, it was such a good class that we considered this one of the golden tapes that we have. Therefore, we hope you enjoy the first part of Prepare Your Soul for Temptation. So every single one of us know our personal hang-ups, and we got to remember the instructions that the Lord gave us. That's what you always have to go back to, you know, because the scripture says, if you are carnally thinking, what, co- what comes out of that? Exactly, death. You think that's that's the joke when the Lord said that? You think it was, he said, maybe, you know, it depends what sin it is. No, he said, if you're carnally thinking, that is going to lead you to death. And not only is it leading you to death, it's making you the enemy of the Most High. You understand that? So, like, I'll give you an example. You know, we all men here, we all go through sexual thoughts. If you entertain your sexual... Mankind. Yeah, exactly. Mankind. Okay. Mankind. Oh, praises. Don't stone the brother. <laughs> yeah. If if we all if we all go we all go through sexual thoughts. If you entertaining the thought instead of correcting it, instead of repenting from it, because repentance means what? To be renewed in your mind and in your spirit. Right. Basically, you acknowledge the sin. You go. That is wickedness. Lord, forgive me for that. And I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> you understand? And if you're praying to the Lord, you're praying to the Lord, but here it is, you're entertaining it, and you're entertaining it, and you're thinking about it, and you're justifying yourself, and you're conforming yourself to it, what have you become? An enemy to the Most High. You understand? You become an enemy because now you're not thinking spiritually. You're not thinking about, you know, looking, um, looking at two women kissing this abomination. You're looking at it as like, Wow. I would love to have two women kissing me right in front of me. And that's what the Lord said. No, if you have pleasure in that, you're going to die. Because that's the judgment for homosexuality. So, Proverbs 19, verse 11. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. The discretion of a man deferreth his anger. So it says, uh, discretion, meaning the wisdom, the patience of a man, deferreth. He knows... How to control his anger. Read on. And it is the glory to pass over a transgression. It is his glory to pass over transgression. Meaning when he sees the situation come. is something happy for him to do. To pass over sin. If he sees a situation is, is sin. He glories in that. He glories in the fact that no, I know what this situation is. I know this is this situation is not of the Most High, and I'm the same way. 
is the opposite of, like you were saying earlier about uh, when we see something that's sinful, we get we should be angry, like the Most High. Right. It, um, the Most High looks at it as an abominable, and we should have that same spirit. Well, a, the Most High looks at righteous acts, and He's happy in it. So it's a is a righteous act to pass away from sin. So. Chapter 20, verse 3. It is an honor for a man to cease from strife, but every fool will be meddling. So to pass from, it is his glory to pass from the transgression. It's basically, you see the strife, and instead of you meddling with it, you go, I'm not going to meddle with that. I'm going to pass over it, meaning you're not even going to entertain it. You're going to cut it. You're going to go, brother... The scripture says not to strive in the scriptures. If we could speak, you know, we could go through the scriptures. We could, you know, resolve the matter. But I'm not going to go back and forth and argue with you. And the person might be like, damn. Put to shame. Damn, I, I went hasty to strive with this man. And instead of him striving with me, he didn't even meddle with it. Because that's how the Pharisees came to Christ. Master, which is the greatest commandment? You think they asked because they really wanted to know? No, they knew the answer. Because Christ said, how readest thou? <laughs> Christ didn't even respond. He basically put it back on him. How readest thou? The man said, well, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. Christ said, well, right. That's the right answer. You're very near to the kingdom of God. That's what Christ said. And, and <laughs> Christ was the man. <laughs> the scripture actually says it. Yeah, he is the man. The Christ, wait, First Timothy 5. <laughs> yeah. The man, Christ Jesus. That's hot. That's hot. You got to love Christ. Man. The man, Christ Jesus. He was the master of the law. And he is the word. It's like, it's like when, you read, when you read in the law how to be, he just gave us the physical example of what that meant. You understand? That's, what it, that's why he's called the word. Because when we read Deuteronomy 8 and 3, it was talking about our forefathers, but Christ explained it by his, by his actions. He said, no, man shall not live by bread alone. Why he said that? Would, would it have been sin for him to convert the stones into bread? No. So why did he say it? Because he showed that it wasn't a, it wasn't a need. It wasn't a necessity. Well, that's well, obvious from what he said. The necessity but, but he was hungry. Right, but the necessity, he didn't, he, didn't wanna, he didn't have to prove that the Most High was with him. He knew that the Most High was with him as long as he had kept his faith in the Lord. There's a reason why. Also, to show exactly that, that man does not live by bread alone. That, yeah, that even though um, you need, um, even though you need the necessities of life, food, clothing, shelter, sh uh, food, clothing, shelter, also one of the necessities of, of life is keeping also, the commandments. Also. Oh, the most important. That's the only necessity. Right, right. Because <laughs> then everything else is going to follow exactly. after that. And that's exactly right. why he did it. Because you know what? If, if, when he, if he would have done it, he would have submitted to Satan's thoughts, which is what? Carnal. Because now, he's not acknowledging the Most High to be the main reason. Oh, that's hot. <laughs> he's, not, he's not acknowledging. She said, she said, she said, oh. <laughs> she went to the Negro spiritual. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs>
<laughs> I was like, doo, doo, doo. but anyway, <laughs> because if if he would have converted the stone into bread, you know, what about the next day when he's hungry? Was he going to do the same thing? No. He was going to show that what? All things come from the most high. That's like, oh, that's like saying, oh, I was hungry today. That's why I ate a pork sandwich. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. So Christ was showing, no, we need to be obedient to the most high in all things. And he knew that he didn't have to prove himself to sin. And, and by him doing that, he was showing us that how to apply the word of the most high. In many cases. But the next scripture was, um, what was the next scripture said? Um, Ecclesiastes 19 and 5. Actually, I mentioned Romans earlier. Let's go there first. Romans 8 and 5. Romans 8 and 5. I'm sorry, y'all. That was funny as hell, though. <laughs> Romans 8 and 5. Romans chapter 8 and verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind. Start at verse 4, actually, bro. I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, Romans chapter 8 and verse 4. Actually, sorry. Verse 2. <laughs> Romans chapter 8 and verse 2. For the law of the spirit of the life of Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death. Right, what does that mean? Somebody please explain that to me. There's a lot of brothers confused on what this verse means. For says, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death. Explain please. Eight and two. Somebody please explain that. Help me please. It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ. The, the spirit of life in Christ is the second chance that Christ gave us when he died. Exactly. That repentance. Right. That's the law. That's why it says we're born again. We're new creatures. That's the law of spirit of life, mm. which is in Christ. Because we, we only have that if we accept Christ. Have made us free from the law of sin and death. Why? Because just like you, you explained earlier, Christ was the law in a physical form showing us how we ought to keep the law. So it says So what did he made us free from? It says he made us free he made us free from the law of sin and death. Right, what is sin and death? Sin and death well that was what I was trying to explain. Oh, sorry brother. brother, sorry, sorry. The <laughs> law of sin and death basically is talking about um let me use my my original thought. When Christ, like you said, Christ was brought on the scene in a physical form to show us how we are to, how we are to keep the commandments. So when it's, the scriptures tell you to walk in his footsteps, he conquered sin as an example to us. And then what? At the end, he, res he died and he resurrected. So he conquered sin, which he conquered death. So the same way when we apply Christ, we also could conquer sin. And if it be the Lord's will, we'll conquer death. So the law of sin and death is talking about the curse from the first covenant that was brought upon us. That's the law of sin and death. This is not talking about the laws, statutes, and commandments. That's not what it's talking about. Right, that's a perfect explanation. Basically what it's explaining is that Christ came and gave us a second chance. And by, Because in the first covenant, you could have kept the law and the sacrifices would have never made you perfect. But now Christ gave us the opportunity and the power to become perfect through him. So it says, Christ has made us free from the laws. Actually, go real quick 
to chapter 7. Chapter 7, real quick. And let's read verse 16. Romans chapter 7 and verse 16. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Right, it says, if I didn't do that which is which I would not. What is it that Paul is talking about that he would do that I would not? He's talking about he would, he would do sin. He would be sinning in his thoughts, in his mind, but... He, d- he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to participate in that. It said, but he consented to the law that it is good. Like an example of that is this. When we walk in the street and you covet after something, right? The thought might come, boom. You go, no, the scripture says thou shalt not covet. What did you just do? You consented to the law that it is good. Even though you participated into something that you would not want to do. The next verse says, Now then, it is not more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Meaning what? Since we are carnal, sold under sin, since we are naturally wicked, you're not doing it willfully, but that thought comes into your mind at times where you go, Damn, I would like to jack this cat, or whatever. And you go, No, the scripture says, Thou shalt not steal. You understand what I'm saying? Read on. Verse 18. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. Right, for to will is present with me. Meaning, within him is sin. In all of us is sin. We all carnal. We all wicked. It says, for to will is, uh, is present with me, read. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. Right, and that's what Christ was teaching us. Didn't Christ said, the spirit is indeed willing but the what? But the flesh is weak. But the flesh is weak. Meaning what? There is going to be a fight. There is going to be a trial, a temptation. Now, are you going to give yourself into it is the question. Read. Verse 19. For the good that I would, I do not. Right. The good that he would want to do is not have any wicked thoughts. Be perfect. Read. But the evil which I would not that I do. And is he doing it willfully? He's, he's, oh, he's concocting these thoughts by himself? No. It's just coming out of him because it dwells in him already. Read on. Verse 20. Now if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. You see? It's not him doing it. It's not him entertaining the thoughts. It's that the thoughts is coming up. And when he does come up, he consents to the law of the Most High and he rebukes those thoughts. Read on. Verse 21, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. Right, and did Paul get this out of nowhere? Did he just make this up? No, that was already written in Second Ezra chapter 4. You want to read it real quick? Yeah, let's read it. Second Ezra. Don't mean to jump too much. I'm sorry. It's only right. Precept upon the precept. Right, precept upon precept, line upon line, here little and there little. <laughs> it's actually it's actually um second Ezra three and verse nineteen. Paul was a master in the scriptures. He was a master also in the scriptures. Praise the most high in Christ. Yeah. Oh praise to the most high. Um second Ezra three nineteen. And people act like he was writing something out of the world. He was a lot of the things he wrote it was already written. Second Ezra three nineteen it says, And thy glory went through the four gates of fire. 
and of earthquake, and of wind, and of cold, that thou mightest give the law unto the seed of Jacob, and diligence unto the generations of Israel. So this is talking about when? No. This is going into the time of Moses. Right. When they received the law. Exodus chapter 20. It actually, actually, it starts in verse ni chapter 19. It says, So now the Most High made appearance, a great appearance. Earthquake, people were scared, they heard thunder and everything. It says, And yet, took us down not away from them a wicked heart, that the law might bring fruit for fruit in them. So although the Most High gave us the law, within us was still what? Wickedness. Right, the wickedness, the carnal man. It says, For the first man bearing a wicked heart transgressed. Adam. For the first man, Adam, sorry, thank you, bearing a wicked heart transgressed and was overcome, overcome of sin. And so be all they that are born of him. So all of us have that wicked heart already embedded within us. That's why Paul was able to say what? It is not me that's doing it. It is within me already. It's dwelling within me. I was born with this. It says, thus, infirmity was made permanent. What does it mean by infirmity? It says, uh, verse 22, thus, thus infirmity was made permanent, meaning that the same thing Paul is talking about, the same thing that's talking about here about uh, that wicked heart transgressed and was overcome. And it says, and so be all they that are born after him. So now, all like just like you, what you just said, all man and woman have that now. And that is what's permanent. Right. That is that thorn that Paul has. We all have. Exactly. Whether... Whatever our hang-up is, that's that thorn that we all have, that we have to endure. Exactly. So the infirmity is talking about our sin. And through sin comes what? Death. Pain and death. It says, thus infirmity was made permanent. And the law also in the heart of the people. So what is that showing us when people say, well, Christ was the one that made the law be within me. Was that true? No. No. The law was already in our heart. Because the Most High gave it to us. But what was, what was lacking is that what? The new covenant that Christ gave us is He gave us the opportunity, the power to be able to fulfill, meaning keep the laws as it is written. You understand? Whereas the old covenant, we couldn't do that. You understand? So it says, Thus, infirmity was made permanent and the law also in the heart of the people. With the malignity of the rule, meaning with the sin, the wicked heart that is in us. So that the good depart away, meaning the good that you want to do, it departs away, and the evil abodes still. So is this something new that Paul was writing? No. No. The prophets of old understood this. All of them understood it. And that's why they were waiting for the coming of Christ. Because they understood how great it would be. So let's go back to Romans 7. And verse 21. Got it? So we got to prepare our minds. Why? Because we know that infirmity is permanently in us. So you can't be sitting home just watching TV every day. You can't be sitting home not nurturing your spirit with the knowledge of the Most High, not increasing. Because what's going to happen? You're going to be taken with the wickedness that's in you. In you. And I could attest to that. <laughs> and with that understanding, we have no excuse. Exactly. If we have the understanding that sin is in us, we have no excuse mm -hmm. because it's like what well, how can i give you an example it's like you invite someone that's a 
you know, I use example. You invite a crackhead to, you, to live in your house. Mm-hmm. You invite Tyrone <laughs> to live in your house. Now, when stuff is missing, you don't have no excuse. Right. Because you invite him into your house. Exactly. So, likewise, if we have sin in us, we don't have no excuse. Oh, well, oh, I didn't know that. or Because we know that it's in us. So, if we know it's in, it's in us, we should know how to deal with it. Exactly. Because you, what you just said, remember we were talking about how patience helps you rule your spirit? Remember how we were reading that earlier? How patience help you rule your spirit? Mm-hmm. The scripture says that if you don't have that, if you're like a, a person that's hasty, a person that lacks knowledge, you are like a broken city without walls. What that, sir? Like that. Like the other one that says that um, it's like a a vessel that is broken that cannot retain its water. It's right. like a fool without wisdom. Right. So what what all those scriptures showing us? Like the one that he said is showing us that if you like that man, the wisdom that the Most High gives you starts slipping away, little by little. Just like if you have a, a a bottle full of water but it got a hole in it. If you don't patch it up, what's gonna happen? It's gonna start keep leaking until it's it's empty. Likewise, the scripture say when it says that if you like a man that is hasty and don't know how to rule your spirit, you like a city without walls. A city without walls, that means it's a city without protection. Which means any army could go in and march through and take over your country. And take over and say, you know what? Exactly. This is mine now. Exactly. And that shows us what? Saying no protection whatsoever. Saying could come any moment and go snatch you in, snatch you out. Snatch you in, snatch you out. You understand? And that's how Judas was. That's how Saul was. That's how Cain was. Were they righteous at the first? Let's, let's use Saul. Was he righteous? Yes. Yeah, the most I said there was none like him during that time. At one point. But then what happened to Saul? An evil spirit entered into Saul. And he was rejected for good. So, in essence, we got to be constantly on top of each other, individually first, and then with each other. Because when Christ went through the temptations, it wasn't just one day. It's 40 days. But was it anybody around there to help him? No. But then afterwards, what happened? The angels came and ministered unto him. Exactly. So it's showing us that whether you're, you have somebody or you don't, you have to stand for the most high. At all times. When you're going through it by yourself, you have to stay in the scriptures. And when the opportunity comes where you could get ministered by somebody to refresh your spirit, take it. Christ didn't go, nah, nah. He's gone, man. Get out of here. I don't need y'all. <laughs> I don't need y'all. I'm strong. Now nah, he's weak. He was like, yeah, give me some spiritual power. You know what I'm saying? And when we pray, that's what we t- have to ask the most high. Listen, give me strength. Give me more faith. Because a lot of times we go, yeah, I'm faithful, Lord, I'm faithful. You're not faithful until, you know, you get to the point where you're really willing to die for the truth. Or where you're willing to sacrifice yourself for the truth. Or for your, for your brother or for your sister or whatever. But reading on in this, in this verse, it says, um, in 7 and verse 21, I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. So when he says, I find a law, it's because it's written already. It was written by Ezra. It says, for I delight in the law of God. A lot of us, do we delight in the word of the Most High? I know I do. Yep. I be loving the history. 
like, wow, the Lord said that? It says, after the inward man, so we delight in the law of the Most High. The spirit of us, we are willfully loving the commandments of the Most High. It says, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. It says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? So what is Paul saying? Paul is saying, listen, I, I'm not giving myself willfully to this sin. Was he, is this chapter talking about he's going and willfully going to the strip bars? or, or Because back then they had things like that. Or, you know, standing around... Oh, there's an orgy over there? Let me look at that. You know, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Standing around at the bathhouse. <laughs> exactly. Was he, was he into that? No, he didn't no. entertain it. So what is this chapter talking about? This chapter is talking about the wickedness that is within us, and you're warring against it. You're fighting against it. Now, at times, those wicked thoughts might come, and you might fall to the wicked thought, but you're supposed to correct yourself. <laughs> you're supposed to correct yourself. And that's why he says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Because according to the old covenant, will he have been delivered from death? Anybody? Will he have been delivered, delivered from question? death? According to the old covenant, will he have been delivered from death because of the way he is? Okay, I rephrase the question. We all have wickedness within us. Right? right. That's already understood from Second Ezra. If we already have, if, all, if we all have wickedness within us, that it's not that we concoct these thoughts or we are meddling with these thoughts, but they just come up. Remember the scripture says, the thought of foolishness is sin. So now, the thought comes into your mind. You could sacrifice a lamb, but was that going to cleanse you from your sin? No. So now, according to the old covenant, will you have been delivered from death? No. No. So... Why did Christ have to come? He uh, came and made it uh, much more clearer. Just basically made it perfect to let us know that it begins in your mind. To deliver us from death. To deliver us from death. Because if, if every man needed, the scripture says there's no man that sinneth not. Every man sins at one point in his life. Even if you don't try to do it willfully, the scripture already told us that what? That wicked root of malignity is already in us. So therefore it shows that what? We had a need for Christ. Because if Christ didn't come, we would be constantly, what? Going through the same thing, death. Why do you think the prophets were looking for him? You think the prophets were going around entertaining sin? No, they were not. But at the same time, they understood what? They're still guilty of sin. At one point or another in their life. And that lamb, that sacrifice, was not going to justify them from death. Because the scripture says you have to confirm all the words of the law. That means you have to be sinless. Just like Christ. And none of them could accomplish those things. You understand? So now, the scripture saying, um, in Romans 7, it says, O wretched man, hold on, let me get to it. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with, my, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. But with the flesh, the law of sin. Meaning what? He's still going to have that carnal spirit. He's, we're still sold. It's still in. We still, it's still in us. Every single individual. So now in Romans chapter 8 and 2 it says, For the law of the spirit of... Okay. 
there, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in, G in Christ Jesus. Meaning what? Back then, there was a condemnation. What was the condemnation? If you didn't confirm to all the things that were written in the law, what is your judgment? Death. Exactly. You will be cursed. But now Christ has removed that curse from us because there's no condemnation. Now when those thoughts come into us where we're not making up, you know what I'm saying, we're not sitting entertaining, when those thoughts come in, you go like this. Um, let's say you see a woman walking down the street real quick, you go, you know, stupid thought comes into your mind, damn, that looks good. You go, oh no, the scripture says thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not covet. You know, you consent it to the law of the Most High. Christ, forgive me. For, I'm not willfully trying to fall into that. You know, it's, it's just within me. It's dwelling within me. Right there, that condemnation is no longer there because Christ will justly forgive you for your sin. You understand? It says, uh, which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. So these people are not walking after their wicked mind. They're not entertaining foolish thoughts. They're walking after the Spirit, meaning they're walking, they're warring against the flesh and the Spirit. They're fighting against it. They're not entertaining it. You understand? It's like how, how Satan came to Christ. He presented the thought. He said, Christ, why don't you make stones into bread? Exactly. Christ said no. Right. So he said no. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, why don't you turn these bread to stones? You know, better yet, why don't I turn them to chicken? <laughs> <laughs> now you start adding on to it. Yeah, so you're completely right. That's exactly right, what you're saying. So it says... Yeah, so Romans... What was No, we would say 8 and 2. It says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death. Meaning. Got the young Prince Lee on the track. Yeah. Shalom out. Yeah. Shalom. You know what I mean? We're going to put it in perspective on this one right here. Yeah. Mad old school. Yeah. Uh, a mad old school. Yo, a mad old school. I still like women that's born women, like raising up a family and having children. Yeah, a mad old school. I believe in earning your living, repaying what you owe and only taking what is given. A mad old school. I respect the elders, rebuke an old fool, even the young can drop a jewel. <laughs> a mad old school. Yes is yes, no is no. A mad old school. If you can't do it, let me know. A mad old school. I won't get mad. I understand. A mad old school. At least I respect you as a man. A mad old school. Respect is given from the door. If not, I shake the dust on the floor. Huh. A mad old school. The girls don't play with the boys. A mad old school. Little boys don't play with girls' toys. A mad old school. I praise the God of my fathers. A mad old school. Yahweh, the creator and the author. Mad old school. Yeah. A mad old school. Listen. Yeah, a mad old school, like honoring the 
The nonsense and filling the schemes. I'm mad old school with it. Got the cuff in my jeans. If offended by me, apply Matthews 18. Don't go behind my back, biting on gossip and tea. And end up breaking Leviticus 1917 through 18. You know what I mean? Yo, I'm mad old school. You can catch whippers for being wicked. It could happen to adults, same way it happens to children. I'm mad old school. I don't follow man made opinions. Once you let the devil in, you let in all of his means. I'm mad old school. A father is to follow the rules. A rise to teach, protect, provide for his family too. Old school, life shiver and poor. My foremother, Israelite midwives who sat on the stools. It's the laws that we practice applying judgment with balance. If you're walking in malice and you ain't part of this bracket, the mingle garments ain't fashion. In front of change, many action. A lot of people love to talk, but they don't show any action. Some are fakers to plastic. Fantastic flames are attracted to wicked bodies, kamikaze, and both endings are tragic. As I'm swerving through traffic, bypassing fatal attractions on the old road to New Jerusalem. It's not on an atlas. I'm mad old school. Real men do not wear pink. I'm mad old school. Learn to speak after you think. I'm mad old school. Leviticus 2013. I'm mad old school. Oh, no man, anything. I'm mad old school. There's roles for women, roles for men. I'm mad old school. To live a good life straight from sin. I'm mad old school. Wisdom is always better than strength. I'm mad old school. Strive for the truth until the end. Uh. 